Hello and welcome back to West Bank Bible Church podcast and to everyone's delight. I am back here with Pastor Merritt. Well, he's got a little bit of a cough. He's doing pretty darn good. Uh, Today we will be looking at Daniel lesson number three. But before we begin, as is our custom, let us remember 1 John 1 9 as may or may not be necessary. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you to bless this lesson we are to present today and bless the listeners that they can get the indwelling of the word. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Last week, uh, I continued the introduction of the book of Daniel, and then when uh, we finished that lesson, I was teaching how the destruction of Judah was accomplished by Nebuchadnezzar in three stages. Before continuing let's, this study, let's do a short review. Our Lord's testimony about Daniel is not simply that the book was named after Daniel, but that its prophecies were written by him. Pastor Merritt, take us on from there. Evangelical scholars usually identify the author of our book with the Daniel of Ezekiel fourteen fourteen and 20. The Daniel of Ezekiel 28.3 and the prophetic Daniel of Matthew 24.15 and Mark 13.14. We may safely assume that Daniel as the author of the book and a historical prophet he lived during the reigns of our four Gentile kings. Last week, David noted that most of the numerous arguments in support of the genuineness of Daniel could be summarized. The primary facie, facie, excuse me, or primary facie evidence of the testimony of the book, one, two, its reception into the canon which witnesses to the fact that Jews of the pre-Christian centuries believed in its authenticity, that the number or uniform testimony of the New Testament, including our Lord's own expressed opinion in the ancient direct external testimony, including the Ezekiel 14, 14 and 20, Ezekiel 28.3, Matthew 24.3, and Mark 14.13, as well as the several passages written by Josephus. Rebuttal of the (coughs) negative arguments regarding the authenticity of the book of Daniel has found strong support from archaeology. A superficial examination might yield a division of the book of Daniel into two main parts. One, chapters 1 through 6, the histories of Daniel. Two, chapters 7 through 12, the prophecies of Daniel. 
Ezekiel and Daniel were written in the exile, a name customarily given to that period during which the Jews of the Judah were displaced by Nebuchadnezzar. The displacement coming as a result of a continued and prolonged rejection of God's protocol plan, mainly a sustained dalliance with foreign gods. Now let's continue our study of Judah's late Judah's late sixth and early fifth century destruction. This destruction came in three stages. First, in 606 B.C., when Nebuchadnezzar brought Jehoiakim, by the way, he's a son of Josiah, to his knees and excuse me, and carried off hostages. Among them, Daniel and some 70 other young men, Nebuchadnezzar, put Jehoiakim, a grandson of Josiah, on the throne in place of Jehoiakim. <clears throat> Late in 597 B.C., Nebuchadnezzar returned in force to punish several rebellion or rebellious acts, you might say, of Jehoiakim. Judas then king, Nebuchadnezzar put Zedekiah, another son, by the way, of Josiah, on the throne in place of Jehoiakim, also called Coniah. Nebuchadnezzar carried off at this stage, or this siege, some 10,000 captives, among them King Jehoiakim himself and a young prophet named Ezekiel. Finally, in 586 B.C., after a long siege, Nebuchadnezzar destroyed the city and the temple and disrupted the entire Jewish community. Zedekiah was removed and Judah was effectively a non entity, the fifth cycle of discipline had prevailed. Restoration to the land began in 536 B.C. when the victorious Cyprus, king of the new Medo-Persian Empire and conqueror of Babylon, decreed the Jews could return to rebuild the temple. Second Chronicles 36, 22, 23, and Ezekiel 1, 1 through 4. Isaiah had some 150 plus years earlier predicted Cyrus's actions by name in Isaiah 44, 28 and Isaiah 45, 13. The temple was finally restored 
in about 516 B.C. Zerubbabel and Joshua, who was his high priest, led this first return to rebuild the temple. Many Jews remained in exile even years after permission to return had been when many indeed returned. Jeremiah's prophecy of 70 years related to the period of servitude to Babylon and has been variously computed certainly 606 B.C. to 536 B.C. would seem the most probable in my view. The period from 606 to 536 in round numbers is 70 years. Many cultural and religious changes were thrust upon the Jews in their exile. Among these were the rise of synagogue worship in lieu of temple worship and the adoption of a second language, Aramaic, also called by Syriac or Chaldee. A number of evidences lead or led to the conclusion that Abraham's or Avram's as it's also called, he's also called, language was originally Aramaic. For example, you can find it on the Moabite stone Rashamra tablets. These excuse me, these demonstrate that the Canaanites spoke a language almost identical with Hebrew. So the Jews ages earlier, even before the settlement in Canaan, had adopted a language similar to that spoken in Mesopotamia and which, with minor evolution, became Hebrew. That many men of nobility knew the language of Canaan an apparent language of diplomacy was evident. You can note that in Isaiah 36, 11 through 13. And uh, so no wonder that the Jews later picked up the Aramaic, a language very similar to Hebrew, although not identical with it by any means. Daniel is the first great book of Apocalypse. The word Apocalypse is simply a translation of a Greek, well, uh, meaning, of Greek, excuse me, meaning unveiling or revelation. It is therefore quite proper a name for all of Scripture, especially the predictive portions. 
it is customary for theologians now to apply it exclusively to the entire type of literature of which Daniel is an Old Testament example. An outline of Daniel published in the Wycliffe Commentary is the historical introduction, chapter 1, verses 1 through 2, through 4, the nations of earth, their character, relations, succession, and destiny. Nebuchadnezzar's dream of a great image, a prophecy of the times of the Gentiles, chapter 2, verses 1 through 49. Nebuchadnezzar's trial of the confessors of the faith, a lesson in steadfast faith, chapter 3, verses 1 through 30. Nebuchadnezzar's vision of a high tree, a lesson in humility, chapter 4, verses 1 through 37. Belshazzar's feast, a lesson in sin and its punishment, chapter 5, verses 1 through 31. Darius the Mede in the role of religious prosecutor, a lesson in faith and prayer, chapter 6, verses 1 through 28. A vision of four beasts, the Ancient of Days, and the Son of Man. The Conflict of Christ with the Antichrist, chapter 7, verses 1 through 28. The Hebrew nation, its relation to Gentile dominion and its future in the plan of God, Chapter 8, verses 1 through 12, or verses 1, 12 through 13. A ram, a goat, and a little horn, Israel in conflict with the Old Testament, Antichrist, chapter 8, 1 through 27. David, why don't you take that over for us? All right. Then you have the prophecy of 70 weeks and the final vision. As noted, Daniel can be divided into two sections, chapters 1 through 6, which are mostly historical in nature, and chapters 7 through 12, which are virtually all prophetic in nature. The book cannot be read chronologically, however, for as we will see, there are many cases with, where such an attempt will prove to be nothing but a source of confusion. It has been said as a general rule that chapters 7 through 12 can be overlaid on chapters 1 through 6 for chronological sense. It has also been said that the chapters 1 through 6 in Daniel's revelation to the kings of the world and chapters 7 through 12 represent God speaking his message usually by an angel to Daniel. I think now we are ready to see how a 15-year-old boy will live and prosper under four great kings. He will die at the age of approximately 85, a period of some 70 years. Doctrine, 
of the Babylonian kings in summary. Nebuchadnezzar was the son of Nebuchadnezzar, an Assyrian nobleman. Nebuchadnezzar died, and rulership fell to Abel, or evil Marduk, often written Marduk, who ruled for two years. Evil Marduk was assassinated by his brother, Nereglezer, who exiled all the magicians, probably to include Daniel from the kingdom. At the death of Nereglezer, a commoner soldier by the name of Labashi Marduk took the throne. At the demise of him, a co-regency consisting of Nebuchadnezzar's son-in-law, Nabonidus, and Nabonidus, son of Belshazzar, was in place. Nabonidus was an adventurer who loved to lead his military in the field. Thus, he was often away from the capital. He spent most of his time leading the army against the Medes and the Persians. While Nabonidus was away, Belshazzar ruled the kingdom. Belshazzar was the resident ruler in Babylon when Darius the Mede, the general who led the siege against the city, conquered the city. His victory was a fulfillment of prophecy found written on the wall. The Medes will rule for a short time. They will give away to Persia under Cyrus the Great. The historical background of Chaldea. In 625 BC, Nabopolazar suddenly appeared out of nowhere. He organized scattered forces and took over Babylon, which was then under Assyrian rule. Before the arrival of Nabopolazar, the Chaldeans divided into five main clans with their own clan chieftains. One of the chieftains was a genius named Merodach Baladan, a man mentioned in 2 Kings verse 20, 12 and Isaiah 39, 1. Those two verses. At the time, Merodach Baladan, son of Baladan, king of Babylon, sent Hezekiah letters and a gift because he had heard of Hezekiah's illness. And then verse 39, 1. At that time, Merodach Baladan, son of Baladan, king of Babylon, sent Hezekiah letters and a gift, because he had heard of his illness and recovery. Merodach Baladan was a primary harasser of the Assyrian Empire. Nabopolazar pulled the Chaldean clans together into what would become a world empire. During the struggles with Assyria, Nabopolazar united with Cyaxerus, king of Media, and the Scythians for a final successful assault of Nivea in 612 BC. That was a lot of tough names there for a old fellow from Texas, Florida, and Alabama. Yeah. That is the end of lesson three. Uh, Thank you for all your prayers for Pastor Merritt. He's getting back stronger every day. Uh, we look forward to being with you again next week for lesson number four. Again, you can always find these in the uh, study of Daniel. It's on the main page of the website, or it's a link there for the podcast if you want to click it that way. 
Pastor Merrick, could you close us in a prayer? Father, we're grateful for the privilege of being able to come together and study your word. We thank you for men like Daniel who will later be privileged, I, I would say, uh, to teach us some remarkable truths, truths which have withstood the test of history and time. Now, uh, guide us and direct us and help us to recognize that uh, this man will, in many cases, reveal the coming of Jesus Christ, our Savior. For it's in his name I pray. Amen. If there's anyone out there without Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior in their life, right now, in the privacy of your own heart, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Until next time, so long.